Good morning. I want to welcome you to First Baptist Sandy Springs, and it's a day that's totally different from the days past. We had a little rain this morning. Isn't that great? Thank you, Lord, for the rain. But we do want to welcome you this morning. We're here to praise the Lord. I would like to uh, introduce some folks before we actually start this morning. We have uh, Mary is going to be with us again today. She's playing the violin. And for those of you who have heard her, you know what a great little violinist she is. She is now a sixth grader in middle school. She will be accompanied by her dad. Her mom is not with us because uh, she's in France teaching some classes. And she'll be back with us soon, and she's going to become a citizen. The next time she walks in the door here, she's going to become a citizen. So we're happy for that. But um, Mary will be playing for us a little bit later on. Also, I wanted to introduce to you Sophia Decker. Uh, we've had Sophia sing for us once before. She uh, uh, works with, uh, with the Orbit organization. She's a graduate of Shorter College. And her parents are here this morning, Kim and Ben Decker. And her sweetie pie, Jonathan, is with her as well. So we, she will be coming and singing for us during the special music time. Also, uh, Ms. Jean Brooks is playing the organ for us today and next Sunday. Helen uh, had to go out of town for a reason today. And then next Sunday, her great-grandson is being baptized, so she wanted to go for that baptism. So she will be gone for two Sundays. But we thank you, Jean, for coming and playing for us. Good to have her here with us today. So let's stand as we start our worship service singing together.
Perfect. Thank you. Don't you love it when it's effortless? It just, that's, she teaches and she should. So, um, I did a 10-minute sermon last Sunday, and we're going to have to see if I can do it again. And today we're going to continue our series on transformation. 
We took a break last week with we, when we met with our friends from Misty Creek for bluegrass and barbecue. And um, I want to begin today with a song played for you. It's not bluegrass, um, and it's sung by the great theologian Perry Como. Oh, it's a good day to sing in the song, and it's a good day for moving along. Yes, it's a good day. How could anything go wrong? A good day from morning till night. Yes, it's a good day to shine in your shoes, and it's a good day for losing the blues. Everything to gain and nothing to lose, cause it's a good day from morning till night. You're right. I said to the sun, good morning, sun, rise and shine today. You know you've got to get going if you're going to make a showing, and you know you've got to ride away, cause it's a good day. For paying your bills and it's a good day For curing your ills So take a deep breath Throw away all your pills Cause it's a good day From morning till night Just this very day I said to the sun Good morning sun Rise and shine Why don't you rise and shine You know you gotta get going If you wanna make a showing And you know you've got the right of way Cause it's a good day For paying your bills And it's a good day so take a deep breath oh. and throw away all your pills Cause it's a good day from morning till night Say that again Oh, it's a good day from morning till night That's what he said Yes, it's a good day from morning till night One minute and 43 seconds of what your brain needs would your day be different if you started out every day that way? You ever heard a song that made you mad? Maybe in a car parked next to you at a red light or something, and it's blaring and it's thumping and it's lyrics that aren't good for you. It's interesting. That is transformational thinking, and that's where we're going today. If we choose, we can think ourselves into a good day or a bad day. So before we go further, let's pray. God, help us in how we think. Use your word to inspire us and to challenge us and then to change us. Help us guard our thoughts in Jesus' name. Amen. Romans 12, 2, the first part says this with the New Living Translation. Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Other translations say we need to have a, a renewing of our mind, and you and I know that that's true. It's important how we think. I heard Rick Warren say this, and I have to agree. He said, God is far more, far more interesting in changing your mind than in changing your circumstances. God is far more interested in changing your mind than in changing your circumstances, and that's important. Because very often we ask God to change our circumstances. We ask for no more pain and sorrow and problems and sickness and fill in the blank. When very often our mind is changed, when we see circumstances, we, we will see circumstances in a new light. No transformation really will take place in our lives until our thinking begins to change. And to transform, we need to know that our thoughts control our lives. 
Every action begins with a thought. If we don't think it, we don't do it. Proverbs 4.23 tells us this in the Good News Translation. Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. And that is so very, very true. Uh, We have to be careful with our thoughts. And why? What's the big deal? Well, our mind is a battleground for sin. We win or lose in our thoughts. All temptation happens in our mind. Pride or lust or bitterness or envy or hatred or worry, whatever it is, begins as a thought. And we have to be very careful how we think. We see the problem in Romans chapter 7. Beginning of verse 22, it says, I love God's law with all my heart, but there's another power within me that's at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is within me. There's a battle for your brain. I don't have to tell you that. You know it. You live with it every day. Last Sunday after church, last Sunday evening, Jeannie and I with friends from Indiana went to the Cyclorama. If you haven't seen the new Cyclorama, I highly suggest it. And in the history of it, they told the story how it began in Wisconsin and it showed the North winning the Battle of Atlanta, and they did. But when they moved it to the South and they put it in Atlanta, artists changed it so the South won the Battle of Atlanta. They changed the colors of the uniforms and they made the South winning the battle. And school kids for generations watched this and saw the South winning the Battle of Atlanta and guess what? We didn't. In 1939, when Gone with the Wind debuted in Atlanta, Clark Gable came and Mayor Hartsfield took him to the cyclorama and showed it to him. And Clark Gable said, it's really neat. And it was in its day. It was uh, virtual reality. It was the high tech of its day. And Clark Gable told Mayor Hartsfield, the only problem with that painting is I'm not in it. And do you know what Mayor Hartsfield did? It sounds like what a Hartsfield would do. They got a a dummy. You know, there's, there's people in the foreground. And they got a dummy and they painted Clark Gable's face on him. And it's a dead Yankee on the battlefield. (laughs) And it's interesting, while people are watching the cyclorama, they were trying to be taught something that was not true. And now it's been restored, and we can handle the truth now. The statute of limitations has run out, but there are things always after our thoughts. So we have to be careful for how we think. Satan wants to control your mind. Your two natures are in a brawl. Your old self and your new self, if you're a Christian, there's so much at stake. Romans 8, 6 says this. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life in peace. It's a big deal. An unmanaged mind is out of control and there's chaos and a managed mind is under control and there's peace. You ever watch the evening news or read something in the paper and see what somebody horribly did and you wonder, how could someone do such a thing? It's an uncontrolled, chaotic mind. So we have to be careful, and we know this, on how we feed our brains. What we let in. You've heard the old phrase before, garbage in, garbage out. It is true. 
If I choose to fill my mind with news of this world, if I watch the news 24 hours a day, seven days a week, what am I going to want to talk to you about? And if we're not careful, we can get so enthralled with this world and the stuff's going on that we forget about the real world that really matters. If I choose to watch pornography all the time, I'm in trouble. If I choose to fill my mind with negative thoughts, I'm going to be no fun to be around. But there's help in the Psalms about how we think. Look at Psalms 119, 147. I rise up early before the sun is up. I cry out for help and put my hope in your words. In verse 97 of the same Psalm, it says, Oh, how I love your instructions. I think about them all day long. And in Psalm 16, 7, it says this, I'll bless the Lord who guides me even at night. My heart instructs me. I don't even know if you noticed the pattern covered there, but it was talked about the morning, it talked about the day, and it talked about night, that we have to be careful how we think, and we have to think about the things of God. It's widely agreed that the words we just read in Psalm 119 and Psalm 16 are written by David. You know a lot about the life of David, and you know for many, many months he ran from King Saul And he was trying to kill David. And David was hiding in caves and living off the land. And Saul wanted to kill him. And about this, David wrote this in verse 95 of Psalms 119. Though the wicked hide along the way to kill me, I'll quietly keep my mind on your laws. Now that's remarkable. That his thinking is so in tune with God that even though there's a squad out to kill him, I will quietly keep my mind on your laws. Horrible trouble, but David has peace because he's feeding his brain the right thing. He's not falling to pieces. He's having peace. So we have to feed our minds, and we cannot take a break. Romans seven twenty three warns us. It says, there's another power within me that is at war with my mind, The power makes me a slave to the sin that's still within me. Your old nature is not your friend. It'll lie to you. Romans 8, 5 puts it in plain terms. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. 2 Corinthians 10 talks about the war, and it uses military terms that's in us. We are human, but we don't wage wars as humans do, Christians. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle and that keep people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Do you see all the military terms there? Wage war, mighty weapons, strongholds, destroy, obstacle, capture, rebellious. Verse 4 again says this. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. You know what a stronghold is? It's a falsity that we may have taken as a truth. People think this all the time. God doesn't care about me. Do people think that? Yes. Nod your head. Let me know you're awake. Yes, they do. Is it true? No. God does care about you. 
That's a stronghold. Another stronghold, God doesn't love me. That's not true, but people think that. I can never get to heaven. You ever heard that one or thought that one? It's a stronghold. It's not true. I'll, I, I, I can't change. That's a stronghold. I can't forgive that person. Well, if Jesus can forgive people while he's being nailed to a cross, yeah, you can. And so there's a lot of thinking that we have to fight. We have to remember the Bible tells us that Satan is the father of lies. Verse 5 of 2 Corinthians 10, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. So how do you do that? Because we all have rebellious thoughts. How do you capture those thoughts? In other words, how do you make your mind mind? Be careful what you feed your brain. We have to focus on the right things. Colossians 3, 2. If you, if you remember any verse today, remember this one. Colossians 3, 2. Think about things of heaven, not the things of earth. When we do that, our lives are so very different. You ever heard this phrase about someone, he's so heavenly minded that he's no earthly good? You ever heard that? That person is so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. It's not true, that's a lie. Isn't the opposite true? He's so earthly minded, he'll do no heavenly good. It's true. We have to be careful with our minds. The heavenly minded changed this world. Be careful what you think. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this time to stop and to think about things of heaven, not the things of the earth. But when we leave this place, we're going to have more of a choice. And that choice is made every morning, every day, and every night. David had a life at peace because he chose to focus on you in the most difficult of circumstances. Help us to focus on you, to fill our lives with Scripture, with good things that point directly to you. Father, thank you for the transformation that takes place in our lives. Let it be obvious to a world around us that needs it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Be careful how you think.